Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Sutton service. To hear talks from each of our services, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. How is everyone doing? You can talk back to me. We can talk back this morning. I think I'm going to need it because I'm a little nervous. Um, Before I begin, I have some exciting news to share with you. Um, For those who know Andy and Lisa, just joined, recently joined our community. Um, And uh, Andy got down on one knee last week. (laughs) Um, And they are now engaged. So yes. So we just want to say congratulations, guys. We bless you. And if you have a chance to come and grab them and pray with them afterwards, please do. Some nice, exciting news. Um, So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am trying something a little bit different this morning. Um, Yes, thank you for the encouragement. I'm going to need encouragement. (laughs) Um, Because I have not scripted my sermon. I know, I know. Um, So it's just Holy Spirit and me and you and the Bible. And I feel like we're equipped enough. Don't worry, I've actually, I've prepared. I've prepared. Yeah, don't panic. Don't panic, Adam. I've prepared. I've prepared. But I just haven't scripted it all. (laughs) Um, So yes, Um, any feedback, please don't send it to Lars. (laughs) Come to me and then I'll decide whether you can tell Lars, okay? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, So yeah, uh, let's pray. That's always a good way to start. Father God, we just come before you and I thank you for this time that we have this morning to dig into your word and to find out more about you. And Father God, I pray that we will have ears to hear and hearts to receive the word that you have for us today. Father God, may we walk out of here more like Jesus. May we be surrendering things that are less like Jesus. And may we walk uh, changed and transformed by the word that we receive this morning. I pray, Father God, that I decrease. I decrease, Father, and you increase. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, we're continuing our series on Luke. And if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to just quickly read the verse. And then I've got like a cute little video to show you to to sort of introduce the passage. It says, one day, I'm reading from verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and water and they obey him. And then I just got a little video to kind of... um, uh, dramatize it in your head. Stories of the Bible. Jesus calms the storm. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like walking on water. Oh, hey guys and even raised people from the dead. Uh, wahoo! 
One day after preaching to a crowd of people, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. You got it. So they got into a boat and started out. Other boats followed him too. And as they sailed across, Jesus fell asleep. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke Jesus up, shouting, Hey, wake up! Save us! We are going to drown! Don't you care if we drown? Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, saying, Silence! Be still! Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Amen. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> um, so let's start to break it down. Verse 22 says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, the lake in this case, I've got a photo of it, is um, the Lake of Gana, Gana, Ganaseret. I can't say it. The Lake of Tiberias or otherwise known as the Sea of Galilee. That's probably your most familiar way of knowing it. And it's quite a big lake. So when we think, because when we think of lake, we think of the lake in Hyde Park. It's not like that lake. It was a lot, lot, lot bigger than that lake. So it would take a while to get to the other side. And Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And I feel like we should just stop right here and really listen to what God is saying when he says, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. Jesus had been preaching on this side of the lake. He'd been um, calling his disciples. He'd been setting up his ministry. He'd been healing people and setting people free. And then he said, now let's go to the other side of the lake. And I feel, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely feel as a congregation that maybe God is saying to us, let's go to the other side. What's on the other side of the lake? So on the other side of the lake were people who had not heard of Jesus, who had not heard him preach. There were people who had a slightly different culture and may have had even a different way of speaking. But Jesus knew that there was mission, not, not this slide yet, but there we go, people sleeping for you. Um, Jesus knew that there was mission and purpose on the other side of the lake. There were things that Jesus had to do on the other side of the lake. And um, I don't know about you, but I feel like we're in this season as a Stockwell church, that it's time for us to go to the other side of the lake. In many ways, I feel we're kind of already on our way. Um, and what was the disciples' reaction to this call of Jesus for mission and for purpose and for adventure? Um, what did the guy in the, in the cartoon, he was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but he, they, were, they were like, let's go, let's get in the boat and off we go. And I felt that for me was a word in itself that Jesus said, let's go. And his disciples said, okay, let's get in the boat. 
They didn't look. Let me check my calendar on my phone and let me see what I'm doing. Um, actually, I need to get back to, um, you know, see the family and I've got a job, Jesus. Don't forget about that. There's these, if you had told me last week or if you had, if I'd known a couple of weeks ago or maybe three months ago, then I could have gone with you to the other side of the lake, but I'm actually busy, which is often our reaction to how Jesus calls us. Whereas the disciples said, let's go. If Jesus is saying it, let's go. And Jesus had already showed them that he was a very wise man and that he was a man that was worthy to be followed. Um, and so they decided to obey, which is good. It's good for all of us. <laughs> and so Jesus, bearing in mind he had been sleeping, he had been preaching all day, um, and the disciples also had been with him. They'd been helping him. He'd been preaching. He'd been laying hands on the sick. He'd been casting out demons. Jesus was pretty tired. They get into the boat. Um, I don't know if you guys, have, I know some of you have been on the boat. I've got sailors in the room. I know it. <laughs> um, it's nice and relaxing on a boat when you're not in a storm. And so Jesus is falling asleep. Now, I don't know about you, but I... I'm married to someone who can fall asleep anywhere, and it's the most annoying thing. Can you fall asleep anywhere? Please don't, don't fall asleep right now. That would be a little, I, I'd be a little bit offended. <laughs> um, yeah, Shininga can literally fall asleep anywhere. And you know when he likes to fall asleep is when we're going on holiday and it's like getting on the plane and the kids are here and we've planned 100 activities for the kids. You've got everything you need. And we're sort of sitting down and Tammy's in her seat, kicking the seat in front. And Layla's saying, no, Tammy, stop it. No, Tammy, stop it. And they're arguing. And that is when Shininga decides to sit down and close his eyes. <laughs> and then for the whole fight, uh, the whole fight, it is a fight. The whole flight is a fight to try and calm the kids down and make it to the other side. <laughs> At which point Shininga wakes up and is like, oh, that wasn't too bad. That was all right. I'm like, yes, for you, it was fine. For me, it was very stressful. <laughs> um, here, and then here we go. There's a slide of some other people who can, like Shininga, seem to sleep anywhere. I wish this was me. I, I struggled. I sleep at night, and that's it. <laughs> um, so Jesus was asleep. He was sleeping in the storm. And then, um, well, he was sleeping, and then the storm hit. And as the storm hits, um, the disciples start to panic. Now, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of the survival reactions. Do you know what the survival reactions are? Yes, fight or flight. And they found a few more as well. So basically, if you're in like a survival situation, your adrenaline kicks in and overrides everything and does apparently one of two things, but it's not. They've actually, it's actually one, of, it's like one of five things. So fight, you'll fight whatever's in front of you or you'll flight or you'll just run away from it. But there's also some others. So there's also freeze. Guys, can I just say, I created this slide. Yes, thank you. I needed coaching, but I did it. I made that. <laughs> um, so fight, there's flight, there's freeze, flop, and there's friend. This is Tammy, if any of you know. If, if you ever tell Tammy off, she laughs in your face, which I thought was really offensive. And now I've realized it's her 
it's her survival, it's her instinct, is that she wants to befriend you. So when she's feeling a little upset, she will try and befriend you. She's very sweet. But all of these reactions, including Sammy's, is they're kind of pretty useless, I've got to say. I just don't understand them. <laughs> if you, especially if you're in a storm and you're in a boat, you've got these survival reactions kicking in, and I'm like, okay, none of these are actually going to work. Um, I'm sure there were people on the boat who were like fighting the storm. We've got to fight. We've got to row a bit faster. We've got to row either towards it or against it or away from it or something. We've got to get away. Or there's also the people who are in flight who are thinking, we definitely need to row away from it or they're going to jump into the sea and drown. I don't know. That doesn't seem a very useful reaction. You've got freeze. This is me. I'm freeze. <laughs> and I definitely can tell you it's a really useless reaction. <laughs> and then flop. We all know that's, that's not just, just what do you do with that? And then friend. Someone's going to make friends with the storm. Um, these were all pretty useless. So what we need is a different reaction when we're in a survival situation. When we're in a storm, there's a different reaction that we need. So now they start to wake Jesus up. And I was thinking about this because they obviously knew that Jesus was a useful guy to have around. He was a clever guy. He was wise. He was um, powerful. They didn't realize quite how powerful. But I was thinking you wouldn't wake someone up who wasn't going to help you. So they obviously had enough, you know, respect and awe of God, of, of Jesus to wake him up. So they wake him up. And of course, Jesus does um, the most wonderful thing. Jesus not only calms the storm, but in calming the storm, he reveals to them his power, his authority, his holiness. He's the God that brings peace from chaos, that in amongst all the chaos that he's woken up to, he just speaks a word and there is peace. And that is who our God is. So I thought it would be useful to share with you some of the keys to being in a storm. Um, and they are as follows. And you can write notes if you like. That would really make my, that would grow my ego. <laughs> um, the first one is know who is in your boat. Know who is in your boat. When the disciples, they knew who Jesus was. But at the same time, they didn't know who Jesus was. Because when Jesus wakes up, he says to them, where is your faith? And in another, tra in another translation, he says, why did you fear? Because Jesus was in the boat with them. And if they had known who he was and the fullness of who he was, maybe they would have had a, a different reaction. So know who is in your boat. Now, my advice is, oh, I've done, I've done the notes. My advice is, note. Get to know who's in your boat before you get in the boat with them. But at the same time, in the storm is also a good time to get to know who's in your boat. So when I'm talking about who to get to know who's in your boat, I'm also I'm obviously talking about get to know Jesus. Jesus is in your boat with you. He is Emmanuel. He's the God that never leaves you. So wherever you in and wherever you are and whatever storm you might find yourself in, Jesus is with you. Get to know him. Um, how do we get to know Jesus? Well, it's kind of the same way we get to know anybody. We have to invest time into our relationship with him. And time is something that is very, very precious. And we have little of it these days, it seems. Everything is vying for our time and our attention. 
And uh, Jesus is not like social media and is not like the commercial uh, ad advertisement companies who is constantly trying to grab, grab, grab your attention. Jesus is there sleeping in the boat, but he's there waiting for you to wake him up and get to know him. And so spend time, invest time in getting to know who Jesus is. And of course, when I say spend time getting to know him, I mean spend time in this very special book, our Bible. So um, our Bible, it says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when we're talking about getting to know Jesus, we're talking about getting to know the word of God because Jesus is the word of God. So as we read our Bibles, Jesus is going to be revealed to us. And as we pray, we're opening conversation with him and he can talk to us and we can talk to him. So get to know who is in your boat. Now, of course, there were other people in the boat as well. And so it's always good to know who else is in the boat with you. And this is where community comes in. We have a wonderful community here in um, Christchurch, London. And it's great to ride out storms with people who also trust God and who can pray for you and can maybe offer some good reactions when the storm comes. So get to know who's in your boat. And then another thing is understand the purpose of the storm. Storms come in our life for different reasons. There are storms of obedience, obedience and there are storms of disobedience. So I'm sure there are others as well, but I'll focus on these two today. So the storm that we're looking at in today's passage was obviously a storm of obedience. Jesus said, let's go. The disciples got on the boat and they're going with Jesus, and yet they still hit the storm. And this is it. You know, even when we are obeying God, when we're in his perfect will, the storms of life come. They come. And then there's other storms, storms of disobedience. And I'm reminded of the story of Jonah, who was not meant to get in the boat. He was meant to get in a different boat. He was meant to go somewhere else. But he got in the boat and the storm came and he said, it's me, you need to throw me over and then everyone will be fine. That was a storm of disobedience. Similarly, um, when Paul was shipwrecked, you might recall that he said, don't get, let's not go over. We, there's a storm and we will not survive. The boat will not survive. And they said, forget you, we're not going to listen to you. And they hit the storm. That was a storm of disobedience. So it's important for us as when we find ourselves in the storms of life to understand why are we in the storm? What, what is this storm? Is it a storm of obedience or is it a storm of disobedience? Is there something that I have done? Have I gone down a path that I shouldn't have gone down and now there's opposition? Or... Am I going to the other side? And there's things I need to do on that side, but there's opposition because the enemy doesn't want me to get there. These are really important things to recognize when you're in the storm. Now, the thing about the storm of obedience and the storm of disobedience and all the other storms that we might come across if there are others is there is purpose in all of these storms. God still had purpose in Jonah when he was in that boat and when he was in that storm. God still had purpose for Paul. He had purpose for the disciples and he has purpose for you in the storm that you might be in. Um, now, 
the, other, the last thing, I know you can see it on the screen, so it's not a surprise, <laughs> is that in this storm, we have an opportunity to grow. We have an opportunity to grow our faith, for our faith to become stronger. And that is one of the best things about a storm. Um, you guys might know that we, uh, we went through a bit of a storm with Tammy when she, a couple of years ago um, when she was in hospital and she, she nearly lost her life. And it was a, a really horrific nine weeks. But I can tell you those nine weeks were the making of me. Those nine weeks, I have never felt closer to God. And sometimes I long to be back weirdly in that ICU with that close relationship with God. And I'm like, that was a time where I was so close to God and he was so close to me. And when I come out, when I'm faced with storms of life now, they're very different because I know who's in my boat. I've seen God wake up and speak to the storm and I know who I'm with now. So this is a really great opportunity to grow your faith. So my, um, my advice for the, to you, if you're in the storm, is to commit to the storm. We need to get to the other side. That's the important part. But while we're in the storm, there is growth for us. Um, and I've got some steps. Look like a proper preacher. So, <laughs> um, yes. And these are, thank you. I've got, well, I think there's, I think there's some more. I think there's some more. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's you know. <laughs> um, and these are in order. that they're, they're steps. So, yeah, step by step. Um, one, get yourself right with God. This is such an important um, part of how we ride through the storm. Because, of course, if you are in a storm of disobedience, there's probably some repenting that you need to do. So get yourself right with God. And he is the God that brings peace from chaos. And he, um, I put sin to peace. That's quite good. <laughs> yeah, so in the storm of your sin, he will bring peace. So get yourself right with God. And then do something. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And that's from James 2.14. Our faith, in order for it to grow, it needs, it needs to do something. Do what? I hear you ask. Thanks for asking. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, faith works by love. So, faith without works is dead, and faith works by love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You can go to the next slide. I think we've got some references on there. There we go. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And what, are, what are Jesus' commandments? What are Jesus' commandments? Love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you. Yes. Anyone else? Love God. It's all love. His commandment is love. Love your Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the doing that we need to do in a storm is to love. And that is how our faith grows. Our faith will grow by love. And of course, I guess your second question is, well, what is love? Yeah, well, thank you. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, 
Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, do you know what is there? Yes, the love chapter, the love chapter, which I'm going to read some of. (laughs) It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, the thing about a storm is that it can make you very selfish. When we're in storms, it's all about us. I'm going through a really tough time at the moment. I'm really struggling. I need this and I need that. And actually, if we want to grow our faith, we need to look outward. We need to be looking to the needs of others and be saying, I need to be patient with others. I need to be kind to others. I must not envy nor boast. In the storm is a great time to start reaching out to other people and praying for other people. When I mentioned... um, Tammy being in the hospital, um, one of the things that I did was just pray for other people who were there. Listen, if you want to go to a house of prayer, go to the hospital. If you really want to go to the ultimate house of prayer, you want to go to the pediatric intensive care units. That is a house of prayer. When I was in that uh, ICU, I mean, there was not a parent in there that was not praying. Everyone was praying. And so there are people who need you in the storm and who you need to reach out to in the storm and love. And then another couple of steps is to release fear. When the disciples were in the boat and Jesus woke up, he said, where is your faith? Now, some people don't think this is a, a, a rebuke, and I, I think I agree. We, we often think that Jesus is saying, oh, where is your faith? But actually, it's more like if someone, if your child is, is riding a bicycle and they're kind of getting it and then they get a bit scared, a bit like Peter walking on the water, and then they get a bit scared and they have a wobble and then they fall. And you're saying, oh, but you were doing so well. You were doing it. You were doing it. This is what Jesus was saying. Where is your faith? You were doing so well. But then he also says, why did you fear? You see, fear will rob us. Fear will rob us of the blessing. And fear can arrest us. It can, it can, I mean, for me, when we were in the hospital, my, my, my reaction, my freeze, I was arrested by fear to the point that I couldn't do anything. And I realized that what I needed to do was release that fear. The Bible says there is no fear in love. So in order for us to grow in faith, we need to love and there's no fear in love. And what I did is I had to face my fear by releasing Tammy into God's hands and saying, listen, God, (laughs) this is your child. She's not mine. 
And so I release her into your hands and whatever you see fit to do with her, I will accept and I will trust you to look after me. I trust you that if you need to take her, you will look after me. I trust you that whatever comes back and I have to deal with when she wakes up, if she's disabled, if she's whatever, whatever comes back to me, you, I trust you will look after me. I release her into your hands. And that was the moment everything changed for me. Everything changed. And everything changed for Tammy as well in that moment. To the point where the doctors in previous meetings where I had been completely upset and crying and trembling and unable to compute what they were saying, to being in a meeting, literally it was the following day, I remember. It was the day after I had released her and they called us in and and they said... um, the chances of her having, they said, I, we really know that you want to get your tummy back and we want that too, but the chances of you getting your tummy back are very, very low. They said the um, from all that she's been through, from the medication that she's been on, the chances of her having permanent brain damage are 85%. And I said, so what you're saying is there's a 15% chance she's going to be absolutely fine. And they said, yes. <laughs> You know, that patronizing, yes, yes. And I said, okay, fine. And they said, no. They said, do you understand what we're saying? <laughs> do you understand? I, so the chances of her, there's very low. I'm really, they, 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 you know, really sorry face. Uh, and I said, yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Thank you. And they kept on repeating. And then they said, I think I was then on like watch because then whenever the doctors or nurses came by, they were like, oh, I heard the news. How are you doing? Do you understand? Do you have any questions? Do you have any? Do you understand? Do you understand? I said, yes, I understand. I understand. I said, listen, fifth, what I had realized um, in releasing Tammy to God was that 15% is huge for our God. It's massive. God works in like tiny, tiny, like if there's a tiny, tiny, tiny percent chance this thing could work out, God is in that. He's in that 15% chance. I was just like, it's a done deal. Those odds are so high. (laughs) Those odds are so high for my God. Um, So I said all that to say, um, release fear. Release that fear. And then finally, get to the other side. Don't give up in your storm. Get to the other side because there's people on the other side that need you. When Jesus got to the other side, he was immediately greeted by a man uh, possessed with demons. <laughs> Fun times. And then he then had to raise someone from the dead and heal the sick. And then after that, he sent his disciples out to do the same. So in the storm, there is, some, there is a place, there's a destination on the other side that we need to get to because that is the place of purpose. That's the place of mission. There are people relying on you to get to the other side. And I say it again, this time, the storm we had with Tammy was the making of me. And I realize now that I'm on the other side, what was waiting for me on the other side was, in my case, ministry. And, and being here with you guys. And I don't think I would be here if I hadn't been through that storm. And so there are, so my encouragement to you is get to the other side. And you don't have to do this alone. We are here together. We can all get to the other side together. There are people here who can pray for you, who can pray with you. And we will get to the other side. Um, so in closing, 
I wanted to say that the storm changes your relationship with Jesus. The, the relationship that, that Jesus had with his disciples when they got into the boat on the, I'm going to say east side, was very different from the relationship they had with Jesus when they stepped out of the boat on the west side. The storm will change your relationship with Jesus. You will see his power and his authority and his holiness. They were in awe of him. They were afraid of the storm. They were afraid that they were going to drown. They were afraid of the winds and the waves. But when he rebuked the winds and the waves, now they were afraid of him. And they were like, whoa, okay. Know that Jesus is with you and the storm will respond to him. And you go in vain if you don't know who you're going with. It's so important that we get to know this Jesus who we're going with. Because otherwise we're just going to do good deeds. And good deeds does not save people. Only Jesus can save people. It is only him. It is only his blood that can forgive sins. So know who you are going with because you go in vain if you don't know who you're going with. Jesus loves us so much and he is with us in the storm and he has an invitation for us today to partner with him in whatever storm that we are going through but also to partner with him once we get to the other side whether we're in on the west side or the east side whichever side you are on whether you have got into the boat with him yet whether you are in the storm or whether you are on the other side he loves you and he is inviting us to partner with him and to walk with him and to know that this is our God who the winds and the waves obey. This is the God who the mountain bows down to. So um, as we close, I'd like to invite you to your feet. And in a moment, we're going to have a time of communion. But first, I just want to pray for us. I want to pray for you if you are, if you know that God is calling you to somewhere new, to somewhere um, untrodden, to somewhere um, uncharted. And I want to pray for you if you are in the storm right now. If it feels like all hell is breaking loose and you don't know why, or hopefully after today you do know why, but it feels like you're drowning and you're bailing out water, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for you if you are on the other side and you have taken the storm and you have got through the storm, and there is now mission and purpose ahead of you. And then after I've prayed, we'll have, we'll have some time of communion, and then we'll go into some worship. Father God, we just thank you for your word. 
we thank you that you are our God. We thank you, Father, that you have called us by name and that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel, you are God with us. We thank you that power and authority are in your name. And we thank you that you are a holy God who walks with us and who is with us in every storm. And Father, I just want to pray for us as you have called some of us and you are calling some of us to go to the other side today, Father. Father, my prayer is that we will say yes, that we will get into the boat, that we will walk in obedience to you, Father. My prayer, Father, is that we take your hand and we do not question what you have said, but we just go with blind obedience. We get into that boat with you and we cross over. And Father, I want to pray for us who are in the storm. That Father God, we release fear to you right now in Jesus' name. That we refuse to fear, but we release the fear to you because we know that you have given us a word and we choose to believe that word and we choose not to believe the storm. And we thank you, Lord, that as we're in this storm, that you will grow us, that you will cause our faith to grow, that you will draw us closer to you, Father, that we will come out of this storm stronger, that we will come out of this storm holier, that we will come out of this storm more righteous, that we will come out of this storm knowing who you are and the fullness of who you are. We will come out of this storm focused in Jesus' name. And I just pray, Father, for us who are on the other side as we walk with you and as we, we um do mission with you. And as we go out to tell people of how great you are, Father, we thank you that you continue to be with us, that we do not go in our own authority, but we go in your authority and we stand in your authority and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen.